My name is Ashley, and this is Let's Talk Dispatch. I knew you're gonna do it. Do it really well. And I believe the world needs more dispatchers. In the mud, blood, and beer. Years that I'm not working Fourth of July. So on this show, with the help of my guests, we will educate, empower, and support the heroes behind the headset. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Dispatch with me, the Raspy Dispatcher. Today, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm always excited, but especially today, uh, my guests to talk about kind of 911 emergency preparedness, right? That's one thing that I feel we don't talk about enough is that we should be preparing to utilize 911 the same way we prepare for fire drills or earthquake drills. You know, it's all the same type of structure in my opinion. We need to do more education and more empowerment uh, for our citizens, calling 911 so the 911 dispatcher and the folks that are going through the crisis are creating more of a partnership. And, you know, the more successful that partnership is, the more we're able to get help where it needs to go, the right type of help um, as quickly as possible. So my guest today um, has taken their experience and um, their other love and passions and have created a book for children called Can I Call 911 Now? So I'm very excited to bring on Teresa to talk about her passion, how this book came about, and helping folks understand when and um, what they need to know when calling 911. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good to be here. Good to be seen and and sharing our uh, two loves. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I see you brought a friend. I did. This is Zulu. This is one of our rescues. Um, he was actually a 911 call. Um, a oh, wow. I called. Yeah, 911. He went into, uh, they had moved out and um, he thought it was a stuffed animal until the stuffed animal moved. And oh, of course, he used protocol, right? EPD for our animal control calls. Mm-hmm. And um, my my coworker, Daniel, he's like, Teresa, it's a bearded dragon. I'm like, oh, those questions are going to be fun. You oh, know, what is the behavior of the animal now? And I'm like, oh, classic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, so he's, he's looking for a home now. So he came to us. I work with animal control um, through our rescue. So. Very, very cool. You know, it's funny. I um, I once had to do a um, a broadcast for a at risk uh, missing kid. You know, fourteen took off, and we broadcasted it, and it was a, a WFJ um, with our bearded dragon, <laughs> and one of my officers. Yeah, one of my officers was like, nope, I've seen Game of Thrones. I know what a a, a WFA can do with a bearded dragon, you know, like. <laughs> Priorities. Right? Yeah. But it, it's so funny, you know, uh, California, so most of the time, you know, when we get uh, animal-related, like, 911 in our centers, they don't normally come in with bearded dragons. It's normally a cat, a dog, you know. Right. 
but never really a bearded dragon. So that's. We get a lot of reptile calls, actually, really? especially when it's like snapping turtle. The the snappers, when they come out to lay their eggs, are like, oh, this thing is huge. It's got to be somebody's pet. And I'm like, no, it probably came out of a swamp somewhere. Just leave it alone. And I actually right? had to write up something for my coworkers. Like, listen, this is what we're going to tell them because animal control is not going. They're not going. It's, it's a wild animal doing what wild animals do. Exactly. Like we're in their space. You know, that's right, something exactly. like, we get a lot of deer calls where I work now. And it's just like, there's deer over here. And it's like, yeah, yeah they're, they're supposed to be there. We're, I had we're a the guy tell me that uh, the coyote doesn't pay rent. They're <laughs> allowed on his land. So I was like, well, <laughs> well <laughs> see how that works. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit how you got into public safety and, you know, what's your story there? Um, So prior to working there, I worked at Girl Scouts and I had a Girl Scout troop um, of over 100 girls at one point. Well, the internal affairs guy for 911, his daughters were in my troop and mm-hmm. um, I'm very outspoken. Go figure. And he <laughs> said, you know, your personality would do great as a dispatcher. And mm-hmm. uh now, here we go. Five years later, here it is. So that's that's the short end of it. So oh. I came in and um, I love it and uh, continue the education piece. Um, so it's been five years next month um, that I've been in public safety. So, so cool. It's so funny how, you know, the more people I'm talking to kind of their the way that we all stumble into this line of work. And I feel like a lot of people, they do talk about like, yeah, so-and-so knows so-and-so who's a dispatcher. And they, they knew me and was like, this is for you. I think this is. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So you obviously have a rescue. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. So I I joke it's, it's dispatched by day, reptile wrangler by night. Um, (laughs) So I, I raised three boys and, you know, with boys comes all the, the lizards and snakes and, and amphibians, anything they can catch and put in a jar and say, here, mom, we're going to keep it. And mom say no. Um, <laughs> so we were given a bearded dragon years ago and it looked kind of funny. And um, I started doing my research and uh, noticed, learned really quick that um, reptiles are very neglected. Um, they're not housed properly and not by intentional, just not educating themselves. Um, so we started, it started with one bearded dragon with a crooked <laughs> tail. And uh, now I, um, I keep, we have over 200 reptiles. Um, we do have several rescues, but I use a lot of my reptiles to educate. So we go live on TikTok all the time. Um, we do, eh, my YouTube is like, eh. I'm not big on doing the videos, the professionally, I just don't have the time feeding that many animals and working on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I love the education piece. So um, when I got released in, in dispatch, they had what we call the core team, community outreach. They just changed it. Community outreach, recruitment and education. That's what it is. Sorry. It just used to be the education team, but, um, and that was my thing. I've been Cub Scout leader, Boy Scout leader, Girl Scout leader. I'm like, ah, I can go teach about 911. That's fine. Well, I would always pack out the libraries when I did my free shows for my reptiles. So I just Mm -hmm. saw it as an opportunity. I'm like, I have their attention. Let me throw in 911. 
Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of compiled the short list of kid calls. So every call in the book is based on a real call, <laughs> unfortunately. And we could probably write a bunch of those kid versions um, and uh, just kind of teaching kids when and when not to call 911. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I did my first school and about a week later, I got a kid caller and he said, well, this lady came to my class last week and said that this is the number I call if I have an emergency. I said, but what else did I tell you not to do? <laughs> and she's like, are you the lady that came to my class? Yes, <laughs> it works. It's a real number. You don't have to test drive it. <laughs> no. I was just making sure she was telling the truth. She yeah. had this bearded dragon in hand. <laughs> yeah, she was calling me out. So um, that's when I decided to write the book. And then I incorporated the um, the characters are, are reptiles, reptiles that I actually have here. And then so we talk about my job as 911. We read the book and then we do a short reptile show in the end. Um, so they have to sit through what they classify as the boring stuff, the educational mm-hmm. stuff to get to the cool stuff. And um, but to me, it's just reaching more kids. And I've actually had more of the parents come to me after the show. I was like, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. And these are just simple things about 911. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a, another way to reach out um, to kids out there and their parents. The majority of the time, it is the parents that are learning right along with the kids. The kids are seeing the lizards crawling around in the box. The parents are listening about 911. So. It's, it is true. And I mean, you know, I think when we, in general, think about teaching folks how to utilize the systems and, you know, I think, man, you know, these kids have to learn to dial, when to dial, what to say, you know. But in reality, it's like it the kids are normally learning directly from the parents, right? That's the the main right. source of information. So if the parent doesn't have that information, they're not passing it down to the kids. So yeah. I think you're totally accurate. It's like we're we're giving them the reptile drawings and the the simple language right. and the person who's absorbing it the most is the parent right and then we um we hosted our first uh 911 kids expo um coming from the girl scout background we used to do expos for two three thousand people so Mm -hmm. we have a small parking lot but i filled it up and so we held an expo that was based on you know we everybody has the touch a truck events you know you see Mm -hmm. the cool fire truck and swat and all this and we have those here too um but i wanted this to focus on us Back to square one. So when people will call me, hey, can I sit at this table? I'm like, mm, it doesn't fall in line with what we're trying to do. Fire truck mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to bring this fire truck. Um, I wanted him to teach fire safety. So if you have a fire, I wanted them to learn what we're going to be telling them through EFD, through protocol. What are we telling them to do on the phone? And I want them to see what that looks like. So mm-hmm. if you have to walk a nine-year-old through CPR, that nine-year-old can come and see a CPR dummy. And this is what it looks like, what we're telling you. So they mm-hmm. had the cards. Um, the fire guys had the cards. And so the exact verbiage from the protocol, they were showing the kids, this is what it looks like, hands on chest. This is what it looks like to stop the bleed. Um, we had different games and relays about when to call 911 and when not to. Um, language line. We had a representative there that reached out to the Hispanic community and pulled them in to let them know you don't need to have your six-year-old try to interpret for you. All you have to say is the word Spanish and we know, you know, if you can say nothing more than that word, we know to get language line on. Um, Mm -hmm. So we had different stations. We had our command mobile command center 
uh, for SWAT call outs. And then we did have two toys because the guys wanted to bring their toys. They brought their SWAT truck. Um, <laughs> so I, I did meet them halfway there. And then yeah. they actually, we had portables. So the kids got to dispatch to an officer on scene um, wow. and learned about the codes, the signals that we use in our county. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I got one of the rambunctious officers. He's like, well, can I act like I'm chasing somebody? I'm like, you can say whatever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't take out of this parking lot, you, you know, you yeah. can chase so, but it was really cool. Um, I was, I was worried we'd have nobody, um, but we serviced mm -hmm. over 130 kids um, and their mm -hmm. families. And then of course we brought the reptiles because the book was there and mm -hmm. they were looking for the tortoises and the snakes and to see yeah. the deputy chief of police. We have quite a few of them. One of my volunteers walked right up to him, just placed the Burmese Python right in his hand. He's like, Oh, <laughs> So, so there's a picture of him then leaning over and actually teaching. So it was pretty cool to see our, our officers and even the high ranking officers um, come out and help educate. It was it was really awesome. We had really cool support from all departments across. And it was, you know, ground zero. People forget about 911. There's mm -hmm. a, a whole layer that starts before fire shows up. Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest thing is I want kids to understand why you need to know your address, where you can find your address if you don't know it by heart. And mm -hmm. so they had like little magnets that they took. They found where they lived on the map um, that we had printed up. Um, and they had a magnet that they filled all their information in to put on the refrigerator when they got home. Um, but we look forward to it. And we're going to, we've already got our date set for next year. Definitely you know, August. it is, it, I'm like got goosebumps, like listening, like it's so cool. Uh, like just, being dispatch specific, right? Mm -hmm. Because too often, I mean, even in our training, right? We're kind of lumped in with yep. the officers, you know, and I imagine um, I'm not fire or medical, but I imagine um, the training can be lumped in a little bit with them as well. Right. Um, things that just don't relate to the job that we have to do, we kind of just get pushed to just watch what the officer is watching in regards to this or that, right. you know? And so the fact that you created an expo completely dedicated to the 911 side of mm -hmm. all of the things that someone's going to experience with having to call us and then breaking it down to a kid's understanding. Yeah. It's so cool. Is so yeah. awesome. I would imagine a lot more departments are going to be interested in that setup um, and how you've created that in your agency because right. I've started to hear a little bit about um, high schools having um, courses that talk about the job we do and, mm -hmm. you know, like little things like that, but actual departments creating a whole learning experience. Like, that's awesome. And I think that's something yeah. you could package and, like, show the world. So it's there. So I, I sent it to my director. I, I did the, uh, I don't want to call it dis dispatch for dummies, but it's what it's, it's kind of like mm -hmm. a, uh, like a wedding planner. So this is what yeah. I sent her. This is six months out. This is who you're contacting. Four months mm -hmm. out, three months out, down to the, the week after. So after the event, I even did like, I'm old school. I wrote thank mm -hmm. you cards. I took one of the, the chameleon in the book. I took mm -hmm. that and put a, um, I went, what was it? Uh, radio to all volunteers. I want to give out a, a huge thank you. 
And I, I mailed those to each department head that helped us. So, um, you know, because it's kind of, it's not just showing up for an event and then it's the end of the story. You know, I want to form that bond. There's been a very big disconnect, you know, between dispatch and PD and dispatch and fire. So mm-hmm. I want to kind of, you know, whatever helps to bring that bond back together. Um yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're that was geared towards elementary kids. My next step is middle and high school, which is going to be mm-hmm. like an explore program, which I know I heard you were at APCO. I missed you at yeah. APCO. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I missed you at APCO, but um, <laughs> I uh, there was one lady there that did, I want to say, was it Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. That did, has the whole 911 dispatcher for high schoolers. Um, And she was talking about how gearing it towards the five-year plan and that puts them starting with eighth graders. So Mm -hmm. kind of putting in together an explore program that's geared specifically towards 911. That's so So cool. That's my, that's my next, my next step. Yeah. And you know, outside of like, um, you know, just 911 education and getting folks to understand and be comfortable with what they're going to be asked, what they're going to have to do in these emergency situations. It's, also, for the world that needs more dispatchers, exposing kids to another career yep. option yep. at a young age that does not require college education, right. you know, like it, it's something that for folks who are wanting to get into this line of work, get into yep. this field, get them in early, get them in at a, at a young age you know, hopefully drop our mandated overtime. Um, but we don't does- have that yet. Knock on wood, knock, knock on wood. I, I, we don't have that yet. It's getting slim, but we don't have it yet. So. Uh, but it does create that exposure to, to these kids. Like, Oh, yeah. this is, another I wish I would have known sooner. Yeah. I mean, I wish I would have known sooner about that. You know, you know, you called 911, you know, somebody answers. You just never think of like, who is that person? Is that really yeah. a job? And yeah, it's a whole career. So. so so true. So how did how did the children's book like what inspired like out of all the things you could have done with with your background, and your <laughs> teaching, why a children's book? Um, I mean, several things went into it. Um, we hear that two to three year burnout. Um, I was hitting that burnout, um, you know, COVID hit right at that two to three year mark. Um, and so I was like, what, what is this? This is crazy. You know, everything that everybody goes through with that, that same burnout feelings, like I'm just answering phones. It just, it just, I just got to the point where like I needed to do something different. Um, so I started actually on our 911 is Cobb County 911 Facebook page. I started doing videos because our education team was null and void when COVID came into play, right? No more schools, no more libraries, no more nothing. Um, so I started videos. It's called Did You Know Friday videos. Um, mm-hmm. So every Friday, it's a different topic. And I would take in um, one of the million reasons why somebody called 911 that wasn't really 911 related, because, you know, mm-hmm. no centers get those. And uh, <laughs> so, for instance, um, we did one on the ELM markers. They're um, emergency location markers on our um, on our trails. And explaining mm-hmm. to them why we want you to tell us the numbers on those trails, that it marks mm-hmm. us down to within feet of where you are. 
Um, why you don't call 911 to ask why the traffic is at a standstill on the interstate? Well, it's because mm-hmm. it's five o'clock rush hour. Welcome to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, you know, so <laughs> different reasons like that, reminding people 511 is out there. I'm sorry you ran out of gas, but if you're on the side mm-hmm. of the road, there's not much we can do. You know, you're gonna have to call mm-hmm. roadside assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more we did the videos there, and then I couldn't figure out how to. I was I was on the fence about just just being done and doing nothing but the reptile rescue and an opening are like a brick and mortar, but I love dispatching. I don't know the words, but I love dispatching. I love, Mm -hmm. it's a different way to give back. Um, Yeah. We, we go through a lot of calls that are not 911 related, but the ones that do come in and that you are make a difference in that person's life that to me makes it well worth all the other crazy calls that we get that are not uh, really normal one type calls. Um, And then trying to explain to people, you know, you always hear, well, I don't think I could do your job. You could, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you've ever consoled somebody who fell and skinned their knee, I feel you, you've got it in you. You can, you can do it. You can do it. We have Mm -hmm. great training. So I decided I'm like, well, let me start with the kids. It's got to start somewhere, you know, and these kids are eventually going to be calling 911 for something somewhere down the road. And let's make sure it's right. And what better way than to use my reptiles as as the characters. So Turbo is one of my tortoises. Frilled (laughs) frilled Dragon is my Frilled Dragon. Um, And uh, I love it. Uh, It's I mean, it's not like number one seller, but um, not yet. It's coming. (laughs) I think everybody the best one was the cat stuck in the tree because I know every center gets that call. And then we have to be the bad person when we tell them that we don't come out for a cat stuck in the tree. Oh, um, I remember early in my training and when I worked in SAC, someone called 911 for the cat in the tree. And I looked at my trainer and I was like, is this real? Like, is this real life? And in Sacramento, she was like, transfer it to fire and they will go out. I was like, Really? So, Man, that department is why we're still getting off schedule. I'm telling you, just over here, just putting out the stereotypes. Yeah. Well, and in our county, we have one jurisdiction that will go and unlock your car if oh, they wow. have, pub- we have public service ambassadors. Mm-hmm. But if you're outside of that, although it still has the Marietta City name, if you're not within city limits, now it's county, county ain't coming. <laughs> Unless that car is on fire, has anybody locked in it or an animal locked mm-hmm. in it, isn't inside of a structure running, we ain't coming. And yeah. so I was like, golly, this is killing me. We should just be flat across the board. I know, right? It is It is confusing. Like for us, like we won't go out for um, non-injury accidents, mm-hmm. but I believe CHP always goes out no matter right. what. And they're like, we need a report. I'm like, it's online. It's online. You know, it's, it's we can't determine. So we didn't see it. Bad. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. That would be so amazing. But then, you know, they'll learn to manipulate it. They're like, oh, but I I hurt my knee. And then we have to go, right? Right. Look, if we get there and your knee's okay, we're still not taking that. Deuces, we're out. (laughs) If the exchange, bye bye. (laughs) I would not do good out on the street. There's a reason I'm behind the the phone. Oh my. And so, less my my shift partner right now, that's what they say all the time. They're like, I would be like, coming up yelling all the time yeah i'd get my ping slip day one they'd be like uh carson follow respond back to headquarters 
you're out. We're going to need you to head back to station. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All three. Just, yeah. just get off the street. Get off the street. <laughs> this is so cool. So, so your, your department has been, I imagine, supportive of this whole endeavor. Cause I think that might be something that, um, dispatchers hesitate when they think about like going out and doing like extra stuff like the rescue dispatcher or you know the things that you're doing is like what is my department how's my department gonna feel about it am I gonna have their support you know and I I think that especially in policing and law enforcement like I think there's a lot of folks who are a little nervous to be um out there in front of the world talking about these things and so has your department been supportive and, you know, yeah. so we have a new director, um, Melissa Alterio. She is amazing. Um, oh, I, think I, seen, I think I watched a couple of her, uh, yay. scenes at, uh, yes, yes, yes. So, um, she is our new director. She joined us. Oh, I want to say June of last year, maybe May. Anyway, when I say complete turnaround, um, mm-hmm. she was the change we definitely needed. And then now um, she also brought in another uh, deputy director from Texas. And mm-hmm. um, she was a speaker there too, Robbie um, oh, McCormick. She was, mm-hmm. uh, she's one of our deputy directors. Um, she's just been so supportive. She's like, I, I brought the layout to her. Um, I got it all funded by a local business. Um, so all the supplies and everything, they donated $1,500. Um, so we got t-shirts made for the event. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Um, and then we have the flyers. I had people on my, my shift is kind of like the rogue shift. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have the type A personalities and then you have day A, which is us and A stands for, you can only imagine. And (laughs) I got people showing up from my shift that have never volunteered. Um, and, and when they saw this one in particular, like, you got him to show up? I'm like, I did. And he's mm. smiling. <laughs> so, um, but she's been nothing. They've all been nothing but supportive. They're like, Teresa, whatever you need, you know, let me know. And um, we had a couple of hiccups, like the gates to the fence didn't open up on time and a little mm. stuff like that. And it was ungodly hot. Um, mm. That poor guy that volunteered, he actually passed out at the end. And, oh, no. Okay, he's not dead. I know who to call. Hey, it's fine. We, we can come here. I'm going to show you in live action exactly. the whole process. Next year's is going to be in October, not August. Not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was just phenomenal. Like just the the support across the board, and then not just from our department to see, uh, like the police chief. The deputy, uh, deputy chiefs all came out like everybody showed up and they didn't just come out for like their, you know, their, I call it the publicity picture. They mm-hmm. came out and they interacted with the kids and they helped teach and they were just going. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody that came out was was super awesome. They they finally got it. I know it sounded kind of. I don't know, sticklerish, like, you know, they're like, well, we normally do this. I'm like, I get what you normally do, but this is what we're trying to accomplish. And that's not the normal. Um, So, you know, fire's not doing the fire truck. Well, can I bring my rescue? No, you can't bring your rescue. Well, can I just bring my truck? No, you can bring a table. (laughs) (laughs) You can bring a table and your, your gear. And this is, Um, you know, but there's something so valuable about setting that boundary. Cause I think sometimes again, in this line of work, 
everybody wants the fire truck and you know the officer and the and if we're creating these events we're creating these spaces to highlight the dispatcher I think it's easy for the folks who are normally in the spotlight air quote um to go yeah but this is what the kids like this is what they want to and it's kind of like well I I need you to I need you to partner with me and take the backseat in this. And I think that's hard for officers and firefighters that, you know, to go, Oh, I'm not the star of this show today. Right. Exactly. And (laughs) you being someone who's creating that boundary and and not in a disrespectful way, just kind of ask them like, Hey, we, we need the dispatcher to be the star today. And this is how I need you to support me. You and know, when they came out there and they saw it, they, they got it. They understood, yeah. you know, yeah. every table was something related to if a kid needed to call 911. We had an mm-hmm. L marker. So they actually saw the markers and kids understood what they, why, and they saw the maps. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every table was related to some reason that they would have to call us kid related. Um, yeah. And of course it was teaching the kid, the adults at the same time, but um <laughs> I think that the the volunteers, like our incident command center is a huge track. Remember that tractor trailer that was at APCO that was like mm-hmm. had the fire pole inside of it and all that mm-hmm. for you to go in and check out? Yeah. Take off the second level. That's our incident command. So they got to wow. go in there, see the CAD set up, see the, mm-hmm. the other room, the control room, um, mm-hmm. and just really understand what we're doing when we're talking to you on the phone and what we're doing when we're dispatching an officer or fire, because we dispatch all of it. Before we continue, we wanted to take a moment to thank our partners at Prepared. You can learn more about the awesome support and technology Prepared provides to first responders by heading to prepared911.com. Partners like Prepared help to continue our mission of supporting, empowering, and educating the heroes under the headset. You can learn more about our resources and partnerships by heading to theraspydispatcher.com. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, I th- and, and the best part I think about it too and is that there's probably a bit of a disconnect in that understanding with the, with the officers and the firefighters and, you know, all that. So not only are the kids learning, the parents learning, the folks who were dispatching are learning a bit too. Yeah. 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 And that, especially the, the officers, we always joke, we're like, you know, if you guys would just come sit up here for two hours a year mm-hmm. and just, mm-hmm. just watch. So yeah. while you're asking me to call back your complainants, you know, to, to come meet you at the door. This is what I got going. You know, just because your radio is the Q word doesn't mean it's yeah. Q on our side. So, <laughs> ain't that the truth? And especially because <laughs> um, now oh, I work at a smaller, smaller agency. My yeah. I used to work at a bigger one, and you know, sometimes it's just me and my partner, and my partner's working radio, and I'm working phones, or vice versa. And that's really um, very small, right? We're wow. on a good day three, minimum two. And sometimes the officer will ask a question and then we're fielding multiple 911s and I'm like, stand by one. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, we're balancing, yeah. trying to figure out if there's an actual emergency 
throwing them on hold. And they're like, oh, can you do this? I'm like, no, you can. <laughs> like, you can do that. Right. <laughs> like, that's what, like, I'm not a trainer. Well, I just put in my application for training. So fingers crossed that I'll, there'll be many me's. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> um, the poor person that gets stuck with me or the poor officers that have many me's on the radio. But um <laughs> They, uh, they, they have them sit with us, you know, until their class starts. And I tell them, I was like, listen, if you're not busy and they ask you to do something, just do it. Cause you don't know what they're dealing with on their side. But if it's very clear that you have 19 units on your radio and they all got something and then they ask you this negative, you're going to have to come. <laughs> Absolutely not, sir. You heard those two people just ask for records and I got to call, you know, GCIC or NCIC to run this. And I'm like, absolutely not. You're yeah, no, I, I've had like someone come up and they're like running five people out and then like two officers will put out a traffic stop. And I'm like, I look at my partner. I'm like, can they read the room right now? <laughs> like five yeah. people, like, you know, but again, and, and that's one of those things. It's like, the more we know about what each other is doing, right. The more aware we're going to be in the more, right. the better that relationship's going to be. Yeah. Um, and that is definitely one of the, the disconnects we're, I think constantly trying to create better uh, yes. relationship with between dispatch and those folks out there in the field. I start every morning, every shift. I tell every unit when they go on service, good morning. And when they go home, it's good night. I'm known as the good morning dispatch. As a matter of fact, the sheriff uh, came in our training the other day. I was like, I don't know which one of you it is that says good morning. And I know you're not supposed to say it, but we appreciate you for it. And everybody turns and looks at me. I'm like, you know, just call me out. You know, but I feel just sets the tone for the day. Yes. Is it proper radio etiquette? No. Does it change the, the mindset of the officer knowing that I'm telling him good morning? Yes. You know, let's start it off on a good day. And know mm -hmm. that your dispatcher is not hating life today. And <laughs> it's just going to be a good day at work. Um, so it doesn't matter who it is, um, how many units go in service. I would say good morning 17 times in a row. Um, but everyone gets a good morning. That's awesome. I think that's such a great, great way. And you're right. Like I think sometimes sometimes we can get caught up with the the the, what's the word I'm looking for? The structure, you know, the need to be a certain type of way in this line of work. And, but sometimes, you know, you just got to let who you are shine through, you know. And and I think, like you said, I think officers and, and honestly, folks in the room, you know, if, if I'm just listening to the radio traffic and I'm hearing you say good morning to the officers, like, that's going to make me feel a little warm inside. I'm like, oh, that's a good way. That's kind of them. It's a or nice my shift, Like, oh, Lord, here she goes again. <laughs> they might not tell you, but they like it. They're going to miss it if you're not saying it. You right. Watch, don't say it one day, and they're going to be like, you good? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, the, 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 all the days are like, Teresa, shut up. And the day that it's like, Teresa, are you good? I haven't heard right? of you. I'm like, you I'm didn't. here. Right. You, didn't, you didn't say good morning. It let was me, funny let me go for you. With, the, with the reptile rescue, we had the national night out and um, I was there as far as my rescue was uh, there. And um, I walked out and the chief of police was holding him and his wife were holding this Burmese python, taking a picture. So he had just sent out, he had just become chief of police. 
like a month prior, sent mm -hmm. out his first official email was about me, about me saying good morning. He thought I was just giving like a special message to people I knew. And before he knew it, I was, he realized I was saying good morning to everybody. And it was basically an email saying, you know, thank you for doing that, yada, yada. So I see him and here I am with this big old iguana, Lucy, sitting on my shoulder <laughs> and I walk up to him and I have my reptile shirt on. And I said, so now, now he's never met me. Mm. And I was like, so now that you've held my snake, do I still have to say good morning to you? And he looked at me and he's, like, and he's like, your voice sounds familiar, but Teresa? And I was like, yes. And then he just kind of looks at me because a lot of them don't realize. I mean, we do a lot of events together and I bring my reptiles. Um, so many do know, but he didn't. And it was just a look. And then there's a picture of us both laughing. And that's the moment he realized who I was. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it, it definitely um, watching the SWAT guys run from a snake is. <laughs> that's awesome. And I mean, it's so funny um, how often, I mean, like, I think at my old agency, I think I maybe saw my chief like twice in three, four years, you know, and at this new agency, um, I see them maybe a couple times a week, you know, right. and it's just so funny as, as dispatch in general, um, how these, these officers hear our voice, know our voice, and a lot of times have relationships over a computer screen. And then you're, you can just walk right by walk each other by and, yep. and just yep. not even realize Yep. Oh, that's the person I, I talk to every day. You know what yep. I mean? So, yeah. Um, yep. We have tons. We're yeah. a huge county. And for instance, mm -hmm. our center, um, if we were fully staffed, I, I don't know the exact, it's around 30 per mm -hmm. shift. Mm -hmm. um, and we have radios that are actually patched together right now because we don't have enough people to man each radio. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. they, you know, they, we have tons of officers, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, unless they go to a, an event that I'm at, we have mm -hmm. a safety village, which is basically a replica of our downtown Marietta. Um, so each building is, is sponsored by a business in the county and um, it's set up like our little downtown has a square, but that's where we do our big touch a truck event, Right. Mm -hmm. And um, unless they've come to one of those, they don't know. They've yeah. heard about me, but they don't know. You know, yeah. and then they're like, oh, you're that reptile dispatcher. <laughs> Fine. Reptile dispatcher it is better than crazy cat lady, I guess. So. <laughs> it's okay. I get the, are, are you sick? <laughs> like, no, no. Just rasp me. <laughs> right. I love that name, though. That, that's perfect. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, what is some advice that you would give someone who is considering this line of work? So I came in, I hit 40. Um, so I was kind of worried that, you know, you just don't learn things as fast or you learn differently at 40 than you did in your 20s, whatever. Um, to say that you're never going to have a bad call, I'd be lying, you know, mm -hmm. but to know that if you have a good life balance at home and know how to have ways to, to, to let that out. Um, my reptiles is my Avenue. Um, you, you can make an amazing dispatcher. You don't have to know everything. There's training. We train you. We don't just give you the phone and say, here, have at it. Um, 
Although I felt that way when they said, okay, you're ready to be released. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> right, liar. <laughs> ready? What are you talking about? Um, but definitely if you were one, I think the ones that are community driven that want to help the community, this is the way, um, especially those that I hear all the time. Well, I wanted to be an officer, but I couldn't pass the PT. I wanted to do this, but I couldn't do that. Well, here you go. You get to sit. They feed you junk food all the time. Definitely. And um, endless supply of donuts, which I really wish we'd get away from. Um, Looking <laughs> for a donut. I love you, a donut. Exactly. Like, I could show you this donut roll. And yeah, um, <laughs> it's a way to give back to your community um, without being in the, the direct line. I mean, although we are the first first responders, mm -hmm. it is still a way for those that couldn't be fire, couldn't be for whatever reason. Um, I think if you've ever consulted anybody in a bad situation, you can definitely do our job. We, we have the proper training, the proper support. We like our department has an amazing peer support program. Um, there's just so much more out there now to support dispatchers. than there was back in the day um, mm -hmm. from what I've watched, you know, I wouldn't know because I'm technically new five mm -hmm. years in, you know, mm -hmm. but from what I've watched and heard and, and read, there's a lot more support here now, especially with the mental health of it all. So. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely, um, definitely, it, I mean, it changes your life. So mm -hmm. it makes you look differently. Yeah, that, it really does. And I think it, that is a great point. It's one that I've definitely said in the past is like, there's a thousand reasons people don't end up going into the field in person, you know, response. Um, but I, I also think that, we don't talk about dispatch enough, right? For folks to know that this is an option. Right. And as, you know, even just you going out with your reptiles and, you know, this let's talk dispatch, you know, raspy dispatcher stuff. Uh, and it goes on and on for all, all the dispatchers that are doing all these amazing things. 911 right. Woman, you know, Ricardo within the trenches where we're just having these conversations and we're saying like, hey, we're here and we're right. doing a tough job and we need more people to come out and do this job. Um, I think it's just creating more and more roadways for folks to get into this line of work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And you can always bring in, and I'm, I'm biggest thing is, is like uh, everything is a recruitment opportunity. Everything is an education opportunity and take what your passion is at home and see how you can apply it to 911. You know, mm -hmm. if you're into racing, create some kind of program for little ones that that involves the racing and dispatch you know there's there's ways to incorporate your your fun stuff into your work so you still want a separation of the two but there's mm -hmm. a way to bring them together to where it helps you still continue to enjoy both um, without making it feel like a job yeah so I feel like if you if you find a job that you love you never have to work another day in your life Mm -hmm. um, but if it's just a job that you're just showing up to, you're going to hate every minute of it. So I think definitely me tying in my passion for reptiles has kind of revamped it. I love the education mm -hmm. piece. Education is my favorite. Um, but, um, dispatching as a matter of fact, I interviewed for a position recently, still within 911. And my mm -hmm. biggest fear was I didn't want to come off the floor. Mm -hmm. It was an admin job. And I'm like, Oh, 
podcast. <laughs> what do you mean I can't have to just sneak it in? Like, put that right. I was like, getting your fix, walk it out. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I did still interview, but um, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I want to stay on the floor. So. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they yeah, make it. Mean, when, when you are ready to, you know, pull that trigger and leave the floor, you know, we need passionate folks in these leadership roles. You know what I mean? Like right. someone who gets it, someone who has that passion to answer 911 still, someone who's involved in the education piece, like yeah. having those in, in leadership roles with that type of energy, it just trickles down. Right. right. So the more, the more folks who are still, extremely passionate because I think you can get burned out in these admin roles too right like these supervisor roles and that you can feel we feel that on the floor especially when there's burnout coming from up top so I definitely think anyone who's considering unplugging for a bit you know we we need that passion off the floor as well but it's definitely hard to step away from the floor yeah I mean this fashion is what I mean me and uh, my coworker, she's like my 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 partner we came in together we went through training together and we were talking about the other day, we're actually both um, interviewing for trainer awesome. and there's people that were in our group that are already trainers. And we we're like, you know what? We're not ready yet. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I probably would have gotten it, but I don't want to do anybody a, a disservice being a trainer that just isn't ready. Yeah. Um, do I think I'm ready now? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, not. You can ask me in 20 years and I probably still say, ah, right. I really don't know why they keep me employed. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, the education is definitely, I mean, finding that passion and, and keeping the passion, um, mm-hmm. looking past, you know, I always talk about you have negativity coming in on your ear all day in your ear. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not calling to say, Hey, good morning. Have a great day. It's because it's the worst day of their, their um, life. But if I can stay on the floor and help the negativity on your other ear, stay at a minimum. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do that. Yeah. I'd rather stay on the floor and help kind of bring in more positive dispatchers to kind of change that stereotype of the negative floor and the negative outlooks. And cause if we keep letting them sit with negative people, it's just going to stay ugly. So uh, luckily now with a good director, we've got a lot of stuff in place that hopefully they get weeded out and either choose mm-hmm. to jump on the happy bandwagon or <laughs> run over. So um, yeah. yeah, I hear that. That's so awesome. Well, where can folks grab a copy of this amazing book? This book is on Amazon. Um Ooh. And all the proceeds go back to our rescue because um, a lot of times our rescues come in. I was going to have my green iguana on with us. Um, she actually had a hysterectomy. She had 56 eggs. She would have died if we hadn't done the surgery. So all the proceeds come back, go back to our uh, rescue to pay for mostly um, the vet bills and lighting. They have to have proper lighting even if, you know while they're here with us. Um, and But it's on Amazon. And then they have a Kindle version. Yeah. But I'm not on Kindle, so you'll have to go look. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper because it's Kindle. Um, mm-hmm. So either way, um, even if you don't have kids, um, buy one and um, uh, give it to your, it's got the ISBN number. You can donate mm-hmm. it to your library. So Oh, very cool. Yeah, no, I, that's where I got mine, Amazon. Um, so, so cute, so cool. I'm actually going to 
buy another one and send it to my nieces and nephews. <laughs> so, well, let me um, know. I can send you some stickers before you send it to them. And uh, oh, I'll send awesome. you some stickers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're on all the social medias. Um, our Did You Know uh, Friday videos are on our Facebook page um, for mm -hmm. Cobb County 911. And then our rescue is Scaly Addictions on everything. TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. <laughs> Our website is scalyaddictions.com. Um, so we kind of try to keep it keep it easy, Scaly Addictions across the board. So, And I'll include all of those links and posts in our video so you guys don't have to go uh, digging for any of it, including the link to buy the book on Amazon um, and follow Teresa and all the amazing things she's doing. Um, and I would imagine after hearing this awesome, like, 911 Kids Expo stuff that you got going on. I, I would imagine some folks are going to reach out like, hey, how'd you do it? Yeah. How can we implement it? I Not have a template. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. I'm not, I send it to my boss, but I'm more than happy to send it. It's like, like I said, it's like a wedding planner. Um, awesome. It shows how I did mine. And then there's mm -hmm. a blank template. So you just kind of awesome. fill in your own stuff. So very, very cool. Well, thank you so much, Teresa, for coming thank on today. You. I really enjoyed it. Such great stuff you're doing for 911 helping folks prepare and learn and, and grow. And it's, it's making me go, I have so many things I want to do now. <laughs> you do know? It. Just do it. <laughs> if you come to Optown next year, let me know. Cause it's in my neck of the woods instead of clear across over there. That is true. I, yeah, I think I I'm trying to go every year now. So definitely we'll definitely link up in person too. Fingers crossed. I'm submitting to try to present. Ooh, see, that's my next like big like. I, I posted last night on my LinkedIn. I was like, I had a dream that I spoke at a conference and it was terrible. The technology wasn't working. I kept going down the wrong hallway. But when I finally got there, I did great. It was wonderful, right? So that's what I was I, telling, I was on TikTok this morning. I was like, I do good talking to y'all on here, but when it's like professional, I'm like, yeah. Oh, I think my opening line is gonna be like, oh, y'all nervous? I'm nervous. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I'll be right back with you. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of let's talk dispatch again. Can I call 911 now? Um, a kid's book written for folks to learn how and when to use 911 written by a dispatcher. So awesome. So amazing. Um, so definitely, Head to the links in the bio that I am going to include to cop to purchase your book. Um, again, all the proceeds go back to her reptile rescue. Um, and if you want to learn more about how to create these opportunities for 911 and kids, definitely reach out to Teresa. Um, I think she's doing a wonderful job in creating those spaces for those to learn how and when they should use 911. Of course, as always, you can reach out to me, The Raspy Dispatcher, Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube, and until next time, stay raspy, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Let's Talk Dispatch. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube at The Raspy Dispatcher, follow us on Instagram, and check out Let's Talk Dispatch anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'll see you next time, and stay raspy.